don't want to shine I'm not here to make friends This little light of mine I just want to praise him You can keep the grind What's his is mine Yeah, yeah God or the man Tell me which one be the master Who you serve really do matter It determine what your heart after Yo, yo, yo Welcome back to Don't Take Wooden Nickels. You hurts me. And this is your brother, Yule. And um, man, we're coming to the end of a very interesting, traumatic, challenging, um, for me in aspects, blessed. 2020 and man the uh consensus with this year is it's been it's been extremely tough and and I agree in areas it has been tough relationships have been t- tough in 2020 um sanity has been t- tough in 2020 trying to maintain it but there's also been a lot of prosperity in 2020 as well. And I know saying that to some people uh, is blasphemous simply based on um, the hurt and pain 2020 has left you. And listen, there's not one person I can say that hasn't been affected by the year 2020. It has been a very challenging one. It has been one where where um, you had to navigate in different spaces, whether you wanted to or not. You had to reevaluate relationships, whether you wanted to or not. You had to evaluate positions and even finances, if you wanted to or not. 2020 has been a blessing for me, but it also has been definitely a challenge. So I don't attempt to not uh, give one word to 2020 without carefully thinking about how in-depth this year has been. Matter of fact, that is my word. 2020 has been in-depth. That's my word. You ask me how I feel about 2020? In-depth. It has made me do that on many, 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 many levels. So my question for my 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 don't take wooden listeners is this what's your word for 2020 oh i got a question that just came to my spirit is your why still your why at the end of 2020 let me let me break down what that means why what what's the reason you do what you do is your why And is it still that at the end of 2020? Has 2020 changed your why? Has 2020 made you um, challenge you in ways in which your why you found out isn't really a why, but a what? And now at the end of 2020, you know your why. You know the reason why you're doing it. You have... 
You have language to why you do what you do now because of 2020. What your why is. So let me ask you again. Is your why still the same why at the end of 2020? You don't got to answer that. You know what I want to start doing? I want to, if you listen to this podcast and you understand that question I just asked you, hit me up on my social sites. Hit me up on Instagram. My is Yule Netter. That's E W E L L N E T T E R. The same is on Facebook. Yule Netter. E W E L L N E T T E R. The same is Twitter. E W E L L N E T T E R. Yule Netter. And answer that question with a hashtag D T W N. I would love to hear, is your why still your why at the end of 2020? Or did you discover a new why? Real talk, shouty. Now listen, I was scrolling through social network and I'm the type. When I scroll through social network, I, uh, I'm, I'm a supporter. So what I see, I genuinely support. So if you know me from social network, you know that I'm big on sharing um, information, especially concerning the kingdom of God, because again, I'm big on support, but mainly, even if I'm not going to support that specific thing, I support because I realize it's not about just me supporting, but my resources I, I share with, with others in the kingdom of God, that's called common wealth. So one of my resources is my social network network pages. And if I have the the ability to share something beneficial towards the kingdom of God, how foolish and selfish would I be to not share my resources? So I share my resources by sharing information. Now, here's my thing. I was on my social network and I saw a very Good question, and I wanted to kind of elaborate because it I understood what that question was saying, and I get it, and I understand the heart behind it, and I co-sign the heart behind it. But I also think there needs to be wisdom with this as well because you can look at this thing two ways, and if you don't approach it the right way, right, you can put yourself in a position that can hinder walks of others. So let me read the question and then I'll provide my answer. And you can agree or disagree, but I'll break it down here. So the for the, so not necessarily question, it was a statement, right? So the statement says, if your teammate was running for a touchdown in the wrong direction, you would probably tackle him yourself. So why can't I correct a fellow believer who's going the wrong way? Listen, I understand his statement and his question. I get it 100%. However, here's my response to it, right? My response is, I believe that based on your position and proximity to that teammate, People who are on the sidelines will get a flag or ejected out of the game if they come on the field to tackle that teammate. Oh, I love that response. 
I ain't boasting on me. I'm boasting in the Lord because he gave me that response. So what I was basically saying was, though I agree with what your statement is in correction, it depends on your position and your proximity to that person. So it depends on how your influence to the person you're trying to correct. Yes, I agree correction is needed, but I think it, it's needed in order. So what's your position and proximity? Because what I find a lot of times is people with knowledge, biblical knowledge, feel like they can just tell anybody about the Bible. And that's not order, though, right? Because you don't know, honestly, who you're trying to speak to, and more importantly, if they're going to receive it. If I'm not in, in, in the your circle of influence, me trying to correct you is, not, is, is done in vain because guess what? I'm not going to receive it from you. So position and proximity is needed. It is needed in order to correct and correct accurately, right? That's not to say that what you're saying when you're correcting them isn't right. That's not to say that you don't have a point, but you can be right about God and wrong before God. I'm going to say that again. You can be right about God and be wrong before him. There's a lot of people who are biblically right and they state from a position of biblical correction, right? And biblical accuracy. But how they stated, when they stated, who they stated to may not be accurate. It may not be right. And I know you're trying to lynch and trying to find Bible verses to correct me on what I just said. But show me anywhere in the Bible where people were corrected who did not have the correct position and proximity throughout the old, the, excuse me, the Old and New Testament. The people that were corrected were based on the position and proximity to God. David wasn't corrected by his servants, David was corrected by prophets of God. When David sinned and he made a lot of mistakes, he wasn't corrected by each and everybody. He was corrected by certain people in order with God. The prophet came to David and corrected him. King Saul, King Saul wasn't corrected by anybody he was corrected by, again, the prophet of God. When Saul um, was ordered to do something that he was going, he's supposed to slay and kill all the people. And he decided, I'm going to keep some of the, uh, the fine oxen and I'm going to keep the king. Guess who corrected him? Samuel, the prophet. The voice piece for God. That's who corrected him. It wasn't everyone. His servants didn't come up to him and say, this is not what the Lord wants you to do, Saul. Because he didn't have the, the servant didn't do that because he didn't have the correct position to do that. He had the proximity, but he didn't have the correct position to do that. So 
in order to correct someone, you have to have the correct position and proximity. Now, listen, when I say position, I simply don't mean just someone someone of a spiritual authority because everyone of spiritual authority don't have the proximity. So you have to have both. Like if I if I'm being corrected by a pastor uh, or a apostle or bishop in Florida, but I don't know them. They may have the spiritual authority to speak to me, right? They may have the position, but they may not have the proximity, right? So it's not about just spiritual authority, but also by closeness, influence. Do he have do they have the influence to correct me so I can receive it, not for them to be right, but I can receive it. Because some of y'all be going on these old social networks. Some of y'all actually think you can go on Al Gore's internet. And because you feel you're an elder at your church on Second Baptist Ebenezer, you can go and correct Bishop T.D. Jakes because you got some Bible knowledge. Some of y'all really feel that way. And again, that's not saying that y'all not right. I'm just saying you don't have the influence. You don't have the proximity to actually reach out to that man of God. And I'm going to be real with you. You don't have the position either. Y'all not going to like that, but you don't have the position either. Uh Oh, so you can go up in your word and you can go show me where that happened. I'll wait for it. I'll wait for you to show me where, where, where uh, Timothy corrected Paul. I'll wait for it. But what you do see is Paul correct Peter. What you do see is God correcting Paul. What you don't see is one of his sons correct him. What you don't see is just church members correcting him. Now, I know y'all going to feel mad about that because y'all feel like I don't need a certain title. I don't need a certain position because it's not about the, the title at all. It's about position. I don't need a certain title or I don't need a certain position to tell you something. But yes, you do. Not only do you need a certain position, you need proximity to tell me. We have to have, you have to have some type of influence with me. My son can correct me. He may say, dad, I don't appreciate what you did there. And I may receive it from my son based on those two things. His position in my life, which is my child, my son, even though I have authority over him, I receive it because the position and the influence he has in my life. Now, I may, as a father, I'm have to remove my pride to receive from my child. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to receive from my child. I'm going to remove my pride to do that, absolutely. And say, hey, you know what? My son had a point. You're right, son. That takes removing of pride, yes. 
but it also take him being in the correct position and the correct proximity to do that. Both of those things had to happen, right? So two things can be true. I do have to remove my pride to receive from my child and not act like because he's my child, he can't correct me. That's facts. But I also he also has to be in the correct pro position and proximity to do that. He has to have the influence in order to be able to vocalize in a way in which I receive. Now, if there's a kid down the street that comes up to me and say, hey, I don't like you doing that, Mr. Netter. I'd be like, thank you. I appreciate you. But son, I don't know you. Because you have no influence with me, I won't receive it. Right? So I do think correction is needed. I think correction is important. So let me emphasize that because some of y'all, you don't want to be corrected. That's what it sounds like to me. You done created a whole podcast. You didn't just came on here on Don't Take Wooden Nickels and you just don't want to be corrected, you. No. I honor correction 100%. I receive from my leaders. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, my peers, I even receive from people under me, right? Who I actually have spiritual authority over. I receive from them as well and honor them for their position. The issue isn't being corrected. The issue is, do you have the position and proximity close to me? Do you have the influence in order to correct me? Because if you don't, you're not going to be received by me. So everybody who has biblical knowledge can't correct you. Everybody who's in spiritual authority is in a sign to correct you. I know y'all don't like that because you have the proper information don't means that you have the proper influence. So both of those things got to go hand to hand and we have to be wise as serpents, but gentle, gentle as doves in our approach to people. You can't just go around correcting everybody thinking they're going to receive it because you got biblical knowledge. You can't do it. And I'm not saying that that post person who posted that felt that way. I'm simply saying that we have to use wisdom and understand. Because what I do, I have noticed and I, I'll just be frank with this. What I have noticed is people who always talk about correction has an issue, has an issue with being corrected themselves. A person that all, I'm going to say it again, people who always talk about correction. If you ever get a believer and every time they talking about correction and you got to have biblical knowledge and heresy and what I found out is they have an issue with correction themselves. If you go to them with biblical knowledge and provide them with that information to correct their position or how they feel based on the Bible, well, I got to test the spirit by the spirit. I got to research this myself. I got to look this up. I got to check how to see what it said. Are you doing that in context? What scriptures are you providing? Let me go. Let me go read those scriptures. Let me get the Greek, the Hebrew, the uh, uh, uh let me read it in a brick. Let me read it in all of these translations. Let me get that strong coordinates and let me read it. Let before I receive what you saying, my brother, if you got to do all that, 
then don't be given information either. If you if you battle a spirit of rebellion when it comes to reproach for you, you better not open your mouth to try to correct somebody else. Until you get that fixed in yourself, if you can't openly receive correction, don't you be openly trying to give correction. I noticed that people with uh, the ability to always correct and tell you the world needs and the church need correction. They don't like to be corrected. They have every excuse in the world not to receive a word. Every excuse in the world not to receive biblical scriptures back to back to back to back. They have every excuse in the world to not receive it. And listen, I know that to be true because I was them. You heard me? I was them. I was that person. I was them. <laughs> Making no words there. But listen, I was them. I was that person. And I know that I battle self-righteousness doing that. And I'm not saying everybody who, who in that position is self-righteous. I'm just letting you know more often than not, that is the position. And if you don't correct that mindset, if you don't correct that, correct the way that you approach and how you approach others, you're never going to gain influence with them. So your proximity will always be off. I've seen and I hate to say it, I've seen great men and great women of God who are biblically enhanced. They have the word, they know the word. But because every time you spoke to them, they were right. Every time you try to speak to them, they were right. Every time you try to address a word to them, they had to check it. They had to research it. They had to pull out the strong concordance. They had to understand the Hebrew, the context of that scripture connected to another scripture have to be have to be accurate. And listen, they had to know the homermunics and everything, the exegesis and everything. They had to be on point with that. They had to do all that, but can then give you a word quickly and fast what i've learned with those people is they lost influence because you will never gain people just on biblical knowledge you won't you will not no you won't no no see you will not you will not gain people on biblical knowledge alone whatever you do it has to be cemented and founded in love first. And, my, and because it's cemented and founded in love, my approach is going to be in love. How I address you is going to be in love. You want to know how you gain influence. Let me let you know this. Simply love people. That's how you gain influence. My love will gain influence. How I love you will gain influence. How I address you by love will garnish influence. Oh, he was sincere. He meant that. He loved me. Before he tried to even address who I was, before he tried to correct me, he just wanted to know who I was. That's real. That's how you gain influence. 
People have to know that you care before you correct. Let me say that again. People have to know you care before you correct. You can't correct before you care. You may have position, but you won't have proximity. People have to know you care. So do you care? Do you truly love people? Do you want to honor that person that you're willing to correct them? Or do you just want to be right? Do you just want to let people know that you know the word of God? And you know, and you may be grieving from people who are in living in a life a life that you feel are in error. You may truly feel that way. You may truly in your heart say, "Yo, I'm I'm grieving for this person." And I just want to correct them. But is that centered in love or is that centered cuz your grief can be centered in um what's the word I want to use? You can be in disgust and be saddened. You can be saddened by disgust and not love. I'm, I, I've seen that. I've, I've been that. I, there was a, a, a state of me where I was so self-righteous. It was, I was disgusted that you didn't feel the way I felt about the word of God. How could you? You don't feel this way about the word of God. You ain't sad, man or woman of God. I was disgusted. But it wasn't founded in love. So when I correct, I, I correct to try to get how can I I corrected someone from the position of wanting them to be live right. And it was based from the position of disgust and not love. My God, thank you for grace and mercy and a change of mindset and a perspective that match that. So now I address people from a position of love. The disgust removed is removed from me. I may be saddened from what you do because I know the, the end game if you keep doing it. But my position is love. I see you from the lens of potential and not disgust. And because I do, I love you based on how God sees you, not how I view you in the flesh. And that's another thing too. Let me come here. If you're going to correct, correct in spirit and not from a fleshly, solely standpoint, that means that if I'm correcting you, I'm not correcting you based on my biblical knowledge, but I'm allowing the spirit of God to lead me to speak to you. So when he speaks, he when he speaks, it's in God. It's based on him. So he has to back it up. He has to address it. Me, I'm a vessel. And because I am a vessel that he's using, he's navigating through to advance the kingdom of God. I'm doing it from a spirit-led position. That's the word again. And because I'm doing it from this position, I know that I'm doing it from a position of love. If the spirit leads, it's always done in love. I know y'all ain't gonna, gonna say nothing on that because y'all don't believe that. When the spirit leads, it's always done in love. If the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you to speak, it's always from the position of love because that's all God is. He is love. So he, ain't, he cannot speak from another position. 
God doesn't speak from another position but love. So his spirit won't speak from another position than love. So if the Holy Spirit is leading, you already know that it's based on a position of love. Now, the interpretation of love and how others receive love may be perverted. So they may not see it as love. But if the spirit leading is always in love, it can't be in no other position. Again, let's go back to that word position and proximity. In order to correct, those things have to be intertwined with each other. So I know this was a real don't take with nickels. I know this was one that people like listening to and be like, Dang, Pastor, you, why you gotta go? Why you gotta talk about that? I, I got a brother, I got my cousin, my sister. She always sinning and she doing this thing. I feel you. I really do understand. I feel you. But what I'm saying to you is make sure that you're doing it in love. Make sure that you're correcting with from the position of love and make sure that your position. And proximity is intact because they won't receive it without those things being intact. You hears me? Good. Listen, this has been Don't Take Wooden Nickels. Listen, I may give you one more before 2020 is out. If God leads. There we go with the spirit again. If God leads, I'll give you another one. I think I am. I think I'm a, I think I am. I don't want to put a number on it, but I think I am. Because I got some stuff I got to say. Holy Spirit got me in my bag. So I love y'all. Be blessed. Peace. Yo, yo, yo. Thank you for listening to Don't Take Wooden Nickels. I do not take that for granted. I'm honored and I need you to do something while you still here. Rate the podcast, rate it five stars, and also subscribe so you can know when new podcasts are coming out. We appreciate you. I thank you. Don't take wooden nickels because they don't spin. Peace.